0: If you've got your Bibles and you want to turn to them, then we're looking at Luke chapter 24, just for a few moments, in preparation for uh, communion. And uh, we're looking at the second part, or well, the middle part, the section really, of Luke 24. And uh, the story of two disciples on the road to Emmaus. I'm going to read from verse 13. Of Luke 24. Now, that same day, that's the day of resurrection, two of them were going to the village, to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him he asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along they stood still their faces downcast one of them named cleopas asked him are you the only visiting are you only are you the only one visiting jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken did not the messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory and beginning with moses and all the prophets he explained to them what he said what was said in all scripture concerning himself as they approached the village to which they were going jesus continued as if he was to go further but they urged him strongly Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, and he disappeared from their sight. We'll leave it there. I guess many of us love to walk. I certainly do. I love to get out and uh, to walk, and particularly walk in the countryside or if even better along the, uh, the seashore, just to get out into the open spaces. Walking is somewhere where you can clear your head, isn't it? Walking is where somewhere where you can do your thinking. If I've got something that uh, is troubling me or, or I'm mulling over, then just to get out and uh, to walk. It's an opportunity to clear your head and to think straightly. There is a very recognised therapeutic element to walking. According to the Charity of Mind, walking can help lift our mood. It can raise our self-esteem and it can reduce our stress levels. I wonder whether that was something there for, uh, for those two disciples on that day of resurrection. Two people walking to Emmaus, joined by a third person. I wonder what was going on through their mind. They'd gone through the whole of the Passover weekend. They had seen the events unfolding before them. And there they were, just trying to make sense of it all. You know, we can sit back and we'll say, come on, can't you see it? But they were living it. They were living it. We have the perspective of 2,000 years later. But they were living through these moments, that we know of Good Friday, Easter Saturday and Easter Day, the day of resurrection? Were they just talking and mulling it over, just trying to make sense, not being able to comprehend everything that they had seen? The crucifixion in all its brutality. The emptiness of Easter Saturday. The lostness the uncertainty. Well, what do we do now? We had hope. And now the glory of the resurrection or, or the messages of the resurrection. People coming and say, we've seen him. He's alive. But for them, it was still conjecture. For them, it was still out there. And here they are Walking. Walking alone, along, self-absorbed, in their own little worlds, and someone joins them. We know it was Jesus, but they don't. We ask the question: Why did they not recognise him? You know, it could have been quite a a a good advert for Specsavers, couldn't it? They should have gone to Specsavers. But the scripture says, but they were kept from recognising him. But these two disciples, Cleopas and his wife, I'm assuming it may be his wife, it could have been a friend, but many of the commentators sort of assume that perhaps it was his wife, were not alone in not recognising the risen Jesus. Mary Magdalene at the tomb, in John chapter 20, verse 14, thought he was the gardener. But she did not realise it was Jesus. The disciples out on the lake on an early morning fishing trip see a figure on the the shoreline. But the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. John 21 verse 4. These were people who knew Jesus. These were people who had lived with Jesus. These were people who had journeyed with him through the three years, had been through all the experiences. So, why did they not recognize Jesus? And what enabled them for Luke to record in verse 31? Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And are there lessons here for us when we believe in a God who has said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And yet there are times, aren't there, when we are like these disciples, we do not recognise him. Whether that's through human blindness, whether that's through human ignorance. Verse 17 just simply says, they stood still, their faces downcast. Here were two people who had lived through the toughest few days of their lives and they were blinded. Blinded by the events that had taken place in Jerusalem. Emotionally fragile. The weekend had been brutal. Physically tired. Had they slept? Spiritually confused. We had hoped, they said in verse 21. They'd built up a picture of how it would be. Do you recognise that? you ever do that in your life? I know I do it in mine. I'm always building up a picture of how things will be, of how things will turn out. Even now I'm building up a picture of how retirement will turn out. But I can't say. We had hopes, and they'd built up that picture. But now they're spiritually confused picture of how jesus was going to bring salvation you ever done that i know just how jesus is going to save that friend i know just how jesus is going to save my son or my daughter or my mother or my father we build up our hopes but they're also fearful for their futures would they be next When would the soldiers come for them? Here they were caught up in their own disappointments. Things hadn't turned out as they had expected. Their own disillusionment. They felt as if they'd been let down. This Jesus, he'd promised so much. But what now? And then they were surrounded by their own dread. What next? What's going to happen? Their dreams had been shattered, their hope had been extinguished, and all they had left was their questions of what happens now. <coughs> so as they walked the Emmaus Road, this couple failed to recognise Jesus, because for them, he was dead and buried. As their v- vases indicate, they were downcast. That says they were dejected. They were sad. They were depressed. They were full of grief. They had no expectation. When we're emotionally, physically and spiritually drained, what do we often end up doing? We often end up, don't we, looking in the wrong direction. These two disciples, they're running away. They're running away from the source of the pain. They're running away from the source of the confusion to Emmaus. Maybe going home, yeah. But they're running away. Mary, she's looking in the wrong place. She's looking in the empty tomb rather, at the, rather than the risen Saviour who's standing next to her. The, the, the disciples, what have they done? Let's get busy. Let's do something. Ever been there? I'll do the dusting, I'll do the gardening, I'll do anything, I'll mow the lawn. I just keep busy. Rather than to stop and look and think, they turn in on themselves. What is needed is a God given revelation. They need to know. Jesus encounters us in the confusion, in the confusion and darkness of our lives. Jesus comes alongside us in those moments of fragility, in those moments of uncertainty and insecurity. It is very easy to sit in judgment on these two disciples and think how foolish they are or how ignorant. We would have been much more faithful But we need to be careful. They were blinded to the truth by their own desires, their own perceptions, their own circumstances, their own disappointments. We had hoped he was going to be the one who would redeem Israel. It's almost as if for them the light has been extinguished. We know this to be an encounter with Jesus. We have been told, we've been let in on the secret. So what does it tell us? It tells us that we encounter Jesus in life's bewilderment. Although they did not initially recognise him, Jesus was there in the midst of their (laughs) confusion, bewilderment, chaos, darkness, present in their struggle, and in their questions. Jesus is there too. When we walk through our own particular struggles. The disappointments with life. That relationship gone wrong. That promotion that didn't materialise. That house move that didn't come off. There in the midst of our fears. Our loneliness. Our loneliness. What's going to happen to me? What does this diagnosis mean for me? What does the ageing process mean for me? In the midst of our insecurities, as we look for the future, we might have it all mapped out and planned out that this is how it's going to be, but none of us can be certain that that's how it will turn out. We encounter Jesus in life's bewilderment. We encounter Jesus in the Scriptures. It says in the verses, Did not Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the Scriptures concerning himself. Many of us have said at various times we'd have loved to have been there at that Bible study. You can be. You can be. All it needs is a little bit of dedication. All it needs is a little bit of hard work. And all it needs to be is the leading of the Spirit. You've got it. You've got it here in my hand. In a way that Cleopas and his wife or friend hadn't. We have the privilege of God's word here. We have the privilege of the Holy Spirit living in us. And so therefore we can have that encounter with Jesus in his word. The heartbeat of all scripture is Jesus. You can find him from the opening verses of Genesis right through to the closing words of Revelation. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And it's there that we encounter him in his word. And then we encounter Jesus in the breaking of bread. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. We encounter the risen Christ in the sharing of our struggles. We encounter the risen Christ in the sharing of scripture. And we encounter the risen Christ in the sharing of bread and wine. I don't know what it was about it. But obviously there was something about the action. He took bread. And he gave thanks. Father, we thank you for this bread. An everyday symbol of life. An everyday symbol of your sacrifice. An everyday symbol of all that you have done for us at Calvary to satisfy our needs. Father God, we thank you that this bread was broken for us. So that we don't need to be. We thank you that today we can take this bread and we can eat it in remembrance of the one who gave it all for us. Was it just simply in the breaking of the loaf and they suddenly realised the marks upon his hands? Or was it just simply that yes, their eyes were opened? This morning, are your eyes blinded by the circumstances of your life? Are your eyes blinded by some of the disappointments that you've gone through? Are your eyes blinded by the events of the world, or the things around you? But are you prepared for your eyes to be opened and to recognise him, the risen Christ, I think it's interesting that as I've opened this loaf of bread, do you see what's inside? (laughs) An empty tomb. An empty tomb. Because he's not there. He is risen. He is risen. He's glorified. We're going to enter into communion. And I pray that as we do so, So our eyes will be opened that we can see the risen Christ.